the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 31. This is God's word. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the birds of the heavens. And over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold. I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth. Everything that has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that he had and God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. God had a blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. He's just admiring the boy. You may be wondering this morning, as was asked to me this morning. I thought we already covered this passage. You may be saying... We are taking a step back. We have covered this passage already. And we are taking a step back. But we're taking a step back in order to take a giant leap forward. We are covering the verses this morning because they are directly connected to the doctrine of the covenant of works. We have spent the last three weeks covering the doctrine of the covenant of works. And I will not spend... This morning, reviewing the past three sermons, but I would like you to encourage you to go back and listen to those three sermons. But you may again ask, how then are the verses that we're connecting or considering today, how are those verses connected to the covenant of works that we have been discussing? And if you're asking that, that's a good question. Let me ask you a few questions. When God placed Adam in the Garden of Eden, What was he working for? God placed Adam in the garden to work it and to keep it. Now, here's the question. What was Adam working for? You get that? Or let me ask it a different way. What was the purpose of his work? What was the purpose of Adam's work? Was there a goal? Was there a goal in sight for Adam? Or was Adam working without any end in sight? You with me there? So we're asking, Adam was was placed in the garden to work. Work for what? What was the goal of his work? What was the, the end result supposed to be? Some of us may feel like in some of our jobs that we are working without an end in sight. You ever feel that way? That you're just working check to check. No end in sight. No goal in sight. And then there are others that when they work, they are working with an end in sight. 
They're working with a goal in sight. And, and usually that end, that end goal is called retirement, right? Rest. No more work. Amen? Do what you want to do. Enjoy the world as it is. Enjoy the, the fruits of your labor, if you will. So then, ask, let's ask the question with Adam. What was Adam's end goal? He was working, but what was he working for? What was the end goal of Adam's job? Have you ever thought about that? Or was he just there? Was he intended to just be there and work for the rest of his life? What was the end goal of Adam's life, of his work? Did he have an end goal? We really want to drive this home this morning. Adam did have an end goal. If you're taking notes, Adam did have an end goal. There was a, a, an eschatology, if you will. Eschatology meaning there was an end, right? There was, there was an end in sight for Adam. In the covenant that God made with Adam, there was an eschatology. There was an end goal. Adam was to achieve, work towards an end goal. And it would be accomplished through obedience. Adam's end goal would be accomplished through his obedience. Adam's commission that God gave him, or Adam's work, was to take creation, God's creation, and bring it to, here's a big word I'm going to say, consummation. Okay? Consummation. Adam was placed in God's creation. And God gave Adam a job. Here's your work, Adam. Bring this creation to consummation. What is consummation? Completion. Bring creation to completion. Now, you should ask, if you're thinking, what do you mean completion? Didn't God look at every stage or, or, or look at his creation and at every stage proclaim it is good? So is is Adam completing what was already completed? Are you with me? Genesis 131, God saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. So how could it be that Adam was to take God's completed creation and bring it to completion. Are you thinking with me? Was Adam to complete again what was already completed? Brothers and sisters, with the Lord's help this morning, we are going to hopefully answer some of these questions. In I think three points this morning. Number one. Now here's what we're asked. Here's what we're answering. Here's the the question that we're seeking to answer. How was Adam to bring creation to consummation? Here's another question we're answering. What was the work of Adam? And we're answering to take creation to completion. Are you with me? So we're going to prove that by scripture now. Okay, let's do that. Man's commission was to subdue the earth and have dominion. Man's commission. Here's his work. God is calling him. Subdue the earth. And have dominion. Genesis 1 26 to 131. They are the verses that we've just read. So I won't read them again. The Lord God gives gives Adam or man a mandate. It's a very specific order. It's man's commission. Subdue the earth and have dominion. Adam's call was to take the world that God had prepared for man. 
and bring it to its final completed stage. Are you with me? God essentially brought Adam to Eden and says, this is given to you. Now, listen to this. God brings Adam to Eden and says, this is given to you. Now, I want you to make it yours. Did you hear that? Did you hear the distinction there? It's, it's given to you. Now, I want you to make it yours. What does God call man to subdue? In verses 26 to 30, man is commissioned to subdue and have dominion, literally, over every single thing on the earth. If you're reading through those verses, look at the verses. All the fish, all the birds, all the plants, every tree, every beast of the field. And then verse 30, everything that has life has been given to Adam. So what has God called Adam to subdue and have dominion over? Everything. The entire earth. The entire earth has been given to Adam. Subdue it. Have dominion over all things. God, the creator, puts his creation at the feet of man. And then commissions man, calls man to subdue and have dominion. Adam is given a commission that, that, that is not just concerning the garden. It is the commission that is concerning the entire earth. Amen? Does that make sense? So when God calls Adam to subdue, to have dominion, he's not saying just the garden, Adam, that the garden will do. The entire earth, subdue it and have dominion. That means that man's subduing and dominion does not start and stop with Eden, but it starts with Eden and it ends with the world. Are you with me? Man's commission to subdue and have dominion does not start and stop with Eden, but it starts with Eden and it extends to the entire world. Man's mandate or commission was to subdue the earth and have dominion over the entire world. If you remember we, our sermon on subdue, we, we talked about subduing. You remember what subduing means? Subduing means to bring under control, to bring into order, bring under control, bring into order. Why was there a need to subdue the earth or to bring it under control? We ask this question, was the earth in utter chaos when God made it? Was the earth in chaos? Does God make anything chaotic? No. So if the earth was not chaos, then in, in what way does the earth need to be subdued? In what way does, does the earth need to be brought into control or into order if it's not created in chaos? The Bible answers that for us. Genesis 2, 8 through 9. God places Adam and Eve in the garden. We know that the garden was distinct or different from the rest of the earth. It was distinct from the rest of the earth because God had planted it. The garden would not be distinguishable from the rest of the earth if, it was, if all the earth was the same. Does that make sense? If all the earth was the same, then there, was, there would be no way to distinguish the garden from the rest of the world. Amen? 
So this is a unique place. It was rich with fruit trees, rich with waters, with animals. But that's not what made Eden unique. The Bible says in Genesis 2, 8, the Lord God planted this garden. The Lord God planted this garden where? In the east. As we look throughout the rest of scriptures, we find that the east is synonymous with the presence of God. Genesis 2, 15 Adam was created outside of the garden and then brought into the garden. So what was so unique about this garden? Eden was the place, the special place of the presence of God. We've already established this on all the earth. There was one unique place where the presence of God dwelled, where God and man communed in perfect harmony together. It was a sacred space. It was the first temple. Remember that? It was the first temple. So Adam was called to cultivate that sacred space. Adam was called to tend that sacred space, that first temple. Now listen to this. The Garden of Eden. Did it need to be subdued? Did the Garden of Eden need to be brought under control? Did, it need, did the Garden of Eden, brothers and sisters, need to be brought into order? The Garden of Eden did not need to be subdued. It was to be tended. It was to be kept up. It was to be cared for. Why? So that it might grow and extend. Are you with me? So then, what is meant by subduing the earth? Adam is called, commissioned, to extend the Garden of Eden. Adam was given a mandate to extend the sacred space. Adam was given a mandate to extend the temple to the ends of the earth. This is the subduing. This is the dominion. And Adam understood that there was a purpose to his work. This dominion mandate had a specific path that it was, it was heading upward. It was heading upward. For Adam, extend this sacred space to the ends of the world. Don't stay confined in the garden. Don't stay safe in the garden. Spread the garden or or bring the garden to the world. Bring God's special presence to the world. In this garden, you commune and fellowship with God. Now, listen, now take this to the world. Are you with me? It's, it's exactly what we are calling you here to do when you leave this place equipped with the gospel. Don't just keep it to yourself. Take it to the world. Why? So that men might hear, repent, and believe. So that God's name may be glorified throughout the world. Adam's call, Adam's commission was a global mandate for all peoples who image God. To glorify God. This was Adam's call. That that was the aim of the mandate. The whole earth. Worshipping. And glorifying God. God did not call Adam to laziness. It, It was not chill in the garden. And enjoy your life. God called Adam to work. And listen. Adam was created for this work. That this work of. Of extending the garden. He was fit for it. He was made for it. It, it, Listen, 
It was not a work that was beyond his abilities. Are you with me on that? This work that God had called Adam to, it was not a job that when he was placed in it, Adam said, uh, I think you got the wrong man for this job. You ever had a job like that where on the first day you thought, gosh, what did I get myself into? Adam was not, it was not the case for Adam. Adam knew exactly what he was called to do and he was created for it and fit for it. He was made for that purpose. The job was not beyond him. The Lord God created man for this work and he equipped him with the ability to complete it. And brothers and sisters, this work was a joy for Adam. Not a burden. Imagine a sinless man being given the call to extend this garden or to extend the worship of his maker to the entire world. That's his job. What a joy that must have been for Adam. Adam, here's your job. Teach all men to worship. Sounds like a good job. Adam was the king of the earth. And he was to lead the earth in wisdom and in the worship of God. This is the true meaning of subduing and, and dominion. And we're going to touch more on this in a moment, but but it was to bring the earth to completion, to bring through that work the earth to consummation. We're going to keep saying that. Again, what is consummation? Completion. But it, it's really, if you were to break it down even more, it's really all of the pieces finally being brought together and they are complete. Any of you like doing puzzles? Some of you like doing large ones. Some of you like doing small ones. If you're really good, you like doing the small ones because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of visualizing. Some of you like to use the box. Some of you don't like using the box. But you like to be able to see the different pieces as they're being put together. And as they are being put together, there is a wonder that although you've seen what the picture looks like on the box, you are actually working toward that which you have seen and visualized or is before you. It is now becoming realized before your very eyes. That is consummation. You know the feeling of that last piece? And you stick it in there. Sometimes you do it with a joy. Sometimes you do it with anger. But you stick that last piece into its empty space and you say, done. And there is a sense of, of completion. There is a sense of fulfillment that you have completed this puzzle. Brothers and sisters, that's consummation. That's consummation. And, and we'll come back to that imagery in a moment. But there's a picture that has been given to us. There is a picture that has been given to us that is presently, currently, right now being worked towards. Pieces are being put together as we speak. Brothers and sisters, theologians have properly pointed out that there was a view of consummation. There was a view of end times. Before there was ever a view of sin and the need for salvation. Did you hear that? That there was an end goal before there was ever a need for man to be saved because of his sin. Man was on a mission given to him by God to bring the world to order, a perfect order where God is the king and man is his ruler on the earth. And think about this. Animals, plants, all of these things would be a part of Adam's work of subduing and having dominion. Animals would be a part of this. 
Has not God given animals to men to subdue and have dominion? And they would also be a part of his work. Now you say, how would they be a part of this work? We don't know specifically. But think about this. After the fall, how has man used animals for the building of society? Has man used animals? Has man subdued animals? Yes. Horses. Mules, you name it. Now think about the world and what it would be like if there was not a fall and how man would have used those animals. Maybe for the same purposes, but in a holy and perfect way. Are you with me? God did place creation in Adam's care. All of creation. And even if those animals, you may say, well, weren't the animals hostile toward Adam? Yes. But even if they were, Adam was given the ability to subdue them, to have dominion over them. Well, how is that possible? Even after the fall, we are able to have dominion and subdue animals, are we not? I want you to see the big picture that Adam was able to exercise dominion over all things. God had given him that job. And what would the end result be if Adam was to complete his work? What would the end result be? We'll find out what that end result will be more as we progress in this sermon. But it is this, a paradise where God and man dwell perfectly in harmony forever. That's the consummation. That's the end goal. Adam called or God called Adam to bring the world into order for the glory of God. Number two. We're answering the questions, what is this subduing and dominion? What is this consummation? How is it accomplished? What is the work of Adam? Man was to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. Number two, man was to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. Uh, Genesis one twenty eight. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. We're going to to keep asking this question throughout the sermon so that it really drives home for you the meaning of all of this. What was the purpose of Adam's work? What was the end goal? What was the purpose of God's command in Genesis 128? The, the be fruitful and multiply. It is directly connected to the previous point that we've just made. Adam was to extend the garden. He was to bring Eden, God's special presence, to the world. But Adam and Eve were not the only ones who were to exercise this dominion before the fall. Are you with me? Did you hear what I just said? Adam and Eve have dominion, subdue the earth. But only Adam and Eve? Or all men? When we look at verses 26 through 30, does God say Adam or does God say man? Man. In general, not just Adam, the command begins with Adam, but it extends to all men. Amen. Are you with me? Part of subduing the earth, filling the earth was man filling this earth with holy seed, with holy children, with holy offspring. How in the world would these children be holy? Brothers and sisters, 
Everything that we're talking about right now, listen close, is before the fall. So therefore, if Adam and Eve had children before the fall, would their children be sinners or would their children be holy? Why would they be holy? Because there was not yet sin. Adam's call, man's call, man, man and woman, was to fill the earth with holy seed, to fill the earth with children who were holy and righteous before God. This means that there was not only a, a global goal in mind, consummate, brothers and sisters, there was also a global culture in mind, a global civilization in mind with Adam. Are you with me? Culture of, of what? Civilization of what? Of people who live to glorify God. Yes, the, 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 the extending of the garden includes people who are worshiping in that presence, in the presence of God. It doesn't mean just have babies, establish a culture, establish a civilization. It means have children. And as you do, establish a culture or a civilization in which all men worship and glorify God. Can you imagine what that world would be like? A world filled with all peoples who worship and glorify God. Sister Doreen was just saying that she was at a, a, a birthday party the other day, speaking to an atheist. Imagine a world where there was no person who did not know and worship God, the one true God. What a wonderful place that will be. Is this just for Adam and Eve? No. The whole family was involved in that sense. If Adam had not fallen and if they had children, what were their children to do? To have more children. To do what? To spread the image of God and to spread the glory of God throughout the rest of the world. This was before the fall. This was the goal. Instruct your children to do the same. The entire earth was to be a place of communion with God. Where God and man dwelled in perfect harmony together. Man was to build a culture. Build a civilization. The world was at man's feet and it was there to accomplish this goal. And again... We have no reason to believe that this would not involve the building of things. That things would have been built. Man was, was made for this. If, if, if after the fall, man can send men to, to, the, to, to the moon, or just, we don't believe the moon, maybe, uh, to space. What could man do if sin did not enter into the human race? If, again, if after the fall, we could build a rocket ship in sin. And go to space. What would man have done if he had not sinned? What, what kind of perfect, righteous, holy things? Or what kind of perfect, righteous men would have built wonderful things if they had not fallen into sin? Are you with me? Yes. The world was, in that sense, Adam's sandbox. And Adam was to bring creation to consummation. And in all of this, Adam is following a specific pattern. Here's the pattern. Number three. Adam is called or following the image of his creator. Adam is imaging his creator. That's probably a better way to see it. Adam is imaging his creator. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 
And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. Genesis 2, 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had made or that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now, listen close. This is going to bring all things together. What was the goal of Adam's work? What was the end result? Consummation. Amen. Man was created in the image of God. Now, now think about this. As God's image bearer, man was to display to the world not just, not just that God is, but man was to display to the world who God is. Not just that God is, but who God is. And one of the ways that, that man would follow the pattern of his creator, or one of the ways that, that man would display who God is, is by following the pattern of his creator. Does that make sense? One of the ways that, that man would image his creator would be by following the pattern of his creator. What do we mean? How many days did God work? What's that? Six days. And then rested on the, rested on the seventh day. God completed his work. And when he completed his work, he entered into his Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. Why and how was God able to enter into his Sabbath, his rest? Say it again. His work was complete. His work was done. What does his work or what does his resting signify? Job is done. Job is complete, right? So as far as God's work is concerned, he has completed his work. We asked in the, in the beginning, what do you mean Adam was to bring things to completion? I thought God had already completed the world. I thought God had, had already completed all things. But God had already completed all things as far as his work was concerned. Does that make sense? When God saw all things that he had created and said it was good, as good as far as he was concerned. But Adam had a job as far as he was concerned. God created the world and it was complete as far as his work was needed to be done. But now he has given Adam a job. And Adam, you have a responsibility to take that which I have completed and take it to another level. To complete it and bring it to consummation. So what does God do? He creates man in his own image. And he commissions him to what? Fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Now we talked about imaging God. That man is made in the image of God. And the way that he images, images God is by following God's pattern. Amen? What is the pattern? God's pattern is a life that is fruitful, that multiplies. God's pattern is he, he brings things into order. God's pattern is when he brings things into order, he rules over them and has dominion. Do you see what God does? 
Do you see what God does? Now, do you see what he calls Adam to do? See that? God has shown you in the first chapter what he does. And now he's showing you at the end of the first chapter and into the second chapter, Adam, now follow that. Now, this is not to say that we do not image God by by living according to the righteous law that's been written on our hearts. We reflect God in that way as well. But it is to say that man is made in the image of God and he is given a commission that is analogous or a reflection of the way his creator is. This is what the creator's done. He has been fruitful. He has brought this world into order and in completion as far as he is concerned. And now he sits enthroned over his creation. Heaven is my throne. He says, earth is my footstool. So then what does he have man to do? What does he say to man? Man, follow this pattern. Follow the pattern of your creator. Adam is made in the image of God. And he is therefore commissioned to reflect the image of his creator by doing what? By being fruitful, by multiplying, by subduing the earth, by having dominion, by bringing the earth to consummation and then doing what? Resting. Are you with me? Adam's call is to follow his creator, to do all things that his creator has done so that he might also enter into his rest, his Sabbath. Adam, the world is waiting for you. God's work has been done. Man's work has just begun. Follow the pattern of the one who, who's in, whose image you have been created in. Expand the borders of Eden until it has reached all of the entire world. Expand this temple. Adam, make the world the temple of God. Adam, bring it to consummation. Now, if, it, if this was simply about building things and filling the earth, that would be nice. But it would be what we have now, a man-centered world. The ultimate goal was to make the world a place where God and man dwell together. That was the goal of Adam's commission. And all of creation was to enjoy the presence of God and communion with him eternally. What is the chief end of man, little ones? What is the chief end of man? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. If Adam completed this commission, he would have glorified God and he would have enjoyed him forever. And he would have entered into his rest. Rest was there for Adam to enjoy If he had completed the work of bringing creation to consummation or bringing creation to completion. Brothers and sisters, we've said a lot, haven't we? And prayerfully, it's been easy for you to understand. But but I would like you to do this. I would like you to make a habit of, of asking the question. Is there more in scripture that speaks about this? Very easy. Whenever you see something. Ask the question, is there more in Scripture that speaks about this? Because more often than not, the answer will be yes. That, that Scripture is consistent. That Scripture is connected. That Scripture will show you in one place and another that this is also the case. So, although I believe that the, two, the first three chapters of the book of Genesis is sufficient, 
in making the case for Adam to bring creation to consummation. I do believe that there are other places and one specific place that should really bring you joy this morning. But do we have more information? Yes, we do. Let's just begin with the first one and then we'll close in just a few minutes. The first and most common. How do we know that there was a consummation for Adam? How do we know that there was something greater than what Adam was created in that Adam was to attain to? Do you know this scripture? Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of what? Oh, you know that verse. We say it often, don't we? What does it mean? What does it mean to fall short of something? In general, what does it mean to fall short of something? Huh? Yeah, you just, you, did, you, you just didn't make it, right? You, you fell short. You, 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 you didn't quite make it. You didn't quite reach the goal. Now, Paul says that man, that is mankind in general, has fallen short of what? Glory. Because of sin, man has fallen short of glory. What is glory? I believe Pastor John just spent a whole sermon speaking about that this past Wednesday. God's glory, God's presence, God's favor. Adam fell short of bringing his children And all the world into that presence and favor with God. If the scriptures say that man fell short, then there was something to be attained that man did not reach. There was something to be sought after. What is that? Brothers and sisters, the book of of Revelation tells us what that is. It's so mysterious. Let's not go there. No, go there. Here's here's when you get to go there, when you've read all the Old Testament. When you've read and understood all the Old Testament and when you understand biblical theology, go to the Revela- go to Revelation and enjoy it. Why go to Revelation? Because the first 3 chapters of Genesis and the last 3 chapters of Revelation have striking parallels. What do you mean? There's a lot going on in Genesis 1 through 3 that is going on in Revelation 20 through 22, and it's not by accident. You ever notice that? That there's great parallels there? Here's some of the parallels, and here's our evidence for this consummation. In Genesis 3, Satan, and, and, and let, I, I want you to see this whole book as, as a story. It is God's story, but Genesis is the plot. Here's the problem, Genesis. And then the end, Revelation is the end they lived happily ever after. So in Genesis chapter 3, the antagonist, the enemy, enters the scene. Who is he? Satan. In Revelation chapter 20, he is defeated and thrown into the lake of fire forever. The first heavens and the first earth of Genesis 1-1 have become the new heaven and the new earth in Revelation 21 and 1. The tree of life that is first revealed for us in the book of Genesis chapter 2 is now in the new earth in Revelation chapter 22. And it is given to those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and who have placed their trust in Him. 
in Revelation 21, God who was separated from man because of sin dwells among the citizens of the new heaven and the new earth forever. In Genesis 3, death is brought about by sin, the sin of man. And in Revelation 21, brothers and sisters, death has been defeated. There is no more death. In in Genesis 3, Adam is cursed. In Revelation 22, the curse is no more. In Revelation 21, there is a temple that comes down from heaven. It is the new Jerusalem, the city of God. God dwelling with his people in in perfection in this temple. They worship and serve and enjoy his presence forever. All of these different parallels and more. Where is Revelation getting all these things from? The book of Genesis. It is saying that death, that curse, that serpent, they are no more. This is what it was meant to be. And it is now that forever Not because of the first Adam, but because because of the obedience of the second Adam. He has brought about all things that Adam lost. And those who have trusted in Christ will enjoy that great scene. Go read it. Forever. Revelation 22 is showing you this is what it was supposed to be. This is what man lost. And this is what Christ has won for his elect. For Adam, a consummated creation was the goal. He was able to do it and headed toward it. He was given dominion over all things. Creation was waiting for Adam to bring all things under his dominion. To take it to consummation. To take it to completion. But Adam fell short. He broke covenant with God. He did not bring the earth to consummation. He did not earn the right to eternal rest. Brothers and sisters... For those who have not trusted in Christ, that's the end of your story. And you will be eternally separated from God. For those who have not trusted in Christ, that's the sad period to your end. If you hear my voice this morning, and you hear God speaking to you through his word, there is hope in Christ. You need not have that be your eternal end. You need not have that period be the end of your life. But there is an exclamation point that is found in Christ. That if you forsake your own righteousness, repent of your sins and trust in him alone, then there is glory exclamation point that you have in Christ, which will be your end. If you hear his word this morning, repent of your sins. And you can read Revelation 20 through 22 and and tears can flow from your eyes because you can say truly and honestly, that picture that I see on the box, those pieces are slowly being put together. And guess what? I have been on one of those pieces that God has stamped into eternity. I will be there. I will be there. Glorify God for it. Praise God for it. Sin's curse is gone. Satan is gone. Death is gone. The tree of life is yours. Rest is yours. And the temple is Christ who dwells eternally with his people to the praise and glory of God 
you will enter into that consummation. Don't you want to go home and read Revelation now? If that's you, read it, enjoy it, and praise God for it. Let's stand.